Okay, so today's stuff we don't learn Daf Gimel, and I want to do Chazar over the last little bit of the shir we did yesterday for these charts, uh, through charts, I should say, because we're going to need to appreciate this. And it's actually quite nice, this sugi. We get a sense to see how Yerushalmi deals with Sugot and Kodshem. So if, if we saw, if you remember on our Mishnah, it says, Masa Be'enin Karim, Masa Be'enin says it cannot be sold with it. And it said, if it's Tamim Chai, and if it's Balmum, not Chai B'Shachot. Okay? And the one that's missing is that, block in our chart over there, which is Tamim Shachut. Similarly, we said the opposite case was Bechor. Bechor could be sold if it was Chai Tamim or if it's Balmum, if it has a blemish, whether it's Chai Veshachut. And the question was, why was that gap? Why was that miss? Why, why was there a, a, a missing gap, if you like? So according to the Pshat Mishnah, it sounds like the reason why in Maser Behema, Tamim Shachut is missing is because once it is that you would be able to sell it. That was a partial Pshat, but we said... Um, that uh, that Brasilia said that's very difficult to understand. So therefore, you had the first understanding. The reason why it's missing is because we tried to draw a a parallel or a, a opposing parallel, if you like, between Masa Behema and Bechor. And the, the problem is, is that if it is Shachut, they would actually be aligned. When every other case they're opposite, that's why the case is missing. Meaning, for Masa Behema, whether it's if it is um, if it is Tamim, Shachut, so it doesn't have a blemish, it's been offered as a korban as shechted, that really for both Maaseh, Bahima and Bechor, it wouldn't be able to be um, sold. It's not your property to start selling. Why? Because Mishulchan Gavoah Zahu, right? Therefore, it's not Labdi Day. Um, now, however, we saw towards the end of the year, at the end, there was actually a shit that was Rabbi, Rabbi Abba Bar Yaakov that says, no, really, it makes no difference. It's Chai, Shachut, Tamim, Baal It don't make a difference in any situation when it comes to Masa Behemah. You can never sell it because the Pasuk Lo Yigael. And when it comes to Bechor, no matter what, you can always sell it. Okay? So Mamash, they're reflected. Now, I didn't mention this yesterday, but the question is, why then is our Mishnah not mentioning the case that these sort of highlighted yellow ones? Why does the Mishnah mention it? And Reb Chaim suggests that maybe because it's not, um, it's not so simple that it's when it's Shachot, it's always sold because it's only could only be sold after Zrikatada. Okay, that's perhaps why that case, in other words, it was only giving cases, it was only mentioning cases that are Pashrut, meaning if it's Chai, it's always sold. If it's Balmum, if it's Chai, it's always sold, etc. etc. Okay, those are the cases. So that's Alun the Gemara. Now it says, Tani, Avamakachim Begidav, Uba Atzamav, Uba Karnav, Uba Talfav. In other words, despite the fact that we said you cannot makadesh with the, say, the basar of, of maser, you can do so with the other parts, the hooves, the horns, things like that. So Amar Ebelazar, well, presumably it's been shechter now, right? So Amar Ebelazar, bracha. The reason is because it's the, the pasuk refer, says bracha. Now, how is this meant to be a bracha? So Reb Chaim says the term bracha is some sort of a ribui, if you like. It's trying to teach you, you can, uh, what's a, what do I mean, bracha? I should read the pasuk. It says, um, uh, there's two different ways of understanding what the bracha is. Uh, the uh, the Marafulda says is key when it talks about Maase. It says Asher Barachah Hashem Lokecha or Vichi Bramimcha Baderech Kilotu Chal Seitok Yerachak Mimcha Makom Asheri Bachar Hashem Lokecha Lasum Shmosham Kivarech Hashem Lokecha. The term is a bracha. So the Reb Chaim says, I'll just read you um, Reb Chaim. It says here, it says, what, bracha, what possible bracha are we talking about? It? That we, um, and that is because, once again, it says, he says, what's a bracha? So it seems to be some sort of riboy, the parts of it you can use for a positive benefit for yourself. Okay, fine. But the Gemara says, if that's the case, if you've got a riboy, 
then one second, why do we say that you cannot do Kiddushin with the Basar itself? Uh, so this is really a continuation of the previous, the final shita, this Rabbi Abba Bar Yaakov, that says, look, we learned, we did a from just as there by the Charamim, meaning those the, the objects you've consecrated be a gift to the Kohanim, that there, you, when it says you cannot redeem it, also means you cannot sell it. Therefore, we've got a special thing in the Torah that says Maser, you can never sell it. Okay? So if that's the case, so machar meser machar makoni makadshim b'hemet adisha af kol kachim and if kol kachim and makadshim b'ate isha. So he says, if that's the case, if you've got a special meal, ma'ata lo yikach yikachu lo bigidav la batav lo karnav lo batafav. Then it should also be the horns, the sinews, the hooves, things like that, the bones. Also, you should be able to do kiddushim with that. So therefore, have a tzuch lehedya. In other words, the simple, the Pashuk Shara Kuntra um, of, of, of Reb Chaim is you've got a miut and a ribui. The miut's mema'it, the basar. The ribui is to, to include also the, 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 the term bracha, if you like, to include the horns, hooves, sinews, bones. You can use that for kiddushin. Okay, that you can makadish it and simply also sell it we, and sell them because, as we said, the two go hand in hand. What's interesting here is the Penemosh has a different reading. Um, I've clued on the chart that the Havamino is that it's, um, you know what, I'll leave it now because we've got a lot to get through. But you can see on the chart, you can see the motion inside after. He has a different understanding. It's not, it's not really a mute and ribu working together, but rather it qualifies our understanding of what bracha does to mema'it, right? As opposed to being mara'ba everything, it's only mema'it, those things that are bracha, mema'it, those things that are bracha, by the way, meaning that, that which is basa. Okay, fine, let's continue. Rav Yudan. Here we go. Rav Yudan um, by Isha. Now, this important to understand, Rav Yudan is going according to the Shita, the, the way Rav Chaim explains the Pashu Pshat of the Mishnah. But when it's Shachut, you can sell it when it comes to Master Bahima. Like I've got it highlighted in yellow here in the uh, second chart on the first page. Okay? So it says, Rav Yudan by Amar, it says, Amal Isha Mashchili Master Bahimazu, Shitid Kachi Bola Achar Shrita. What does he do? He gives this master behemoth to the woman, and it says, Haremikudeshitli, very romantic. It says, Bemaiser this, but he can't use it for Kiddushin because when it's high, it's not his to give. But he's saying, I want to give it to you onto Mikudeshit with that which comes out of it, which I can have after Shechita. Because after Shechita, he can use it for Kiddushin. The thing is, right now, he can't, but, he, but, but we say, since it's Biyado, it says, since it doesn't take much for him, it's, it's biado, he can go and shecht at any moment he likes. Therefore, it's already considered as if she's mikudeshet, because the only thing, there's nothing really stopping him from making it able to be hers. Or, or maybe not la'achar shrita, or maybe it's only going to be mikudeshet when it's in a, a state where he can sell it or give it a skefse kilushin, and that will be after shrita. See, it's a fascinating case. In other words, you can't use the Meiser Behemoth says he while it's still alive, because it's not his to sell. We've got a meal. But according to again, Rabbi Yudin, who understands the Pashup Shah Mishnah, that wants a chef that he can, the question is, if he says now after it's shechted, since it's biador to do it, does it is it effective then, or is it only once it reaches a state of basar? Because in, in its state now, it's not his to sell or do kiddushin with. That's a question, and that's left as a question. What's interesting here is the Ridbaz says, actually, you don't have to understand this like Rabbi Yudha. 
Why? Now, you don't have to say that it's like the Pashat Shah, the Mishnah, that, it can, that when it comes to Masa Behemo, if it's Shachot Tamim, you can sell it. Because again, look on the shit if you can't. But why? What's he trying to be Makadasha with? He's trying to Makadasha with the horns. Because we just learned that you can do that the horns themselves after Shrita, or the horns or the hooves or the bones, um, they are, they, that's something that he can do Kiddushin with, as we said, because of this ribuy of, uh, where Rebbe saying the ribu of the word Bracha in the Pasuk Kibarechecha. Okay, next case. Reb Zibashem bar mamal. No charts for this part, but there'll be more soon. Reb Zibashem bar mamal says, Hagunev maser behema shel chavero. What if someone steals maser behema from his friends? Im hayakayam machsirolo baino, achlo masha achlo achal. Now, this is a fascinating question because what? Maser behema is not really considered the property of the individual, right? He cannot sell it because of the pasuk. Okay, so if he steals it, the master behemoth, and it's still in his property, well, it's Bain, give it back to him. However, if it's actually been eaten, then he doesn't have to give it back. Now, why is that? Um, I'll read your uh, says, the, Sorry, who gets the four and the fifth? He has to, if it's gonna, uh, uh, oh, the heck, this is no four and five. There's no four and five, right? Okay, because it's There's no issue of that. Double four and five, something that's considered a korban, there's no four and five. Okay, so since it's not going to be sold, I'm a lovely That means it didn't belong to that individual. But lately, has no um, financial claim to it. Ella, he's only right, he almost has a right of getting the basar, Mishulchan Gavoa Kazahu. Hilkach, therefore, lo Hashava. That's why if someone actually ate it, it's not considered as if he ate somebody else's property and therefore doesn't have to pay him back. It's quite a chidosh that. So what's interesting here is we go one step further. Rebelaza B'Shem Ravmana says, um, he says, no, ain't omrim loshi yiten. Rebelaza's cholek, sorry, Rebelaza's cholek, and says that even if the animal is still alive, a baiting don't force compel him to return the mice of behemoth that was stolen. Um, I'll read, I'll, I'll read Reb Chaim. It's, it's incredible to understand. It says, even if it's still, this animal still walking around the field, because it's not considered his mammon, his ain't so there's no, you don't need to return it to him because he didn't steal it from him, which is fast, a fascinating case. So what we see from here, the fact that Rebbe Lezer says, Rebbe Lezer, sorry, says that, it says, Milta Amra, you've got, I think, Malta all, but it should be changed to Milta Amra, we see that therefore, if someone steals a pachot mishaveh pruta from somebody and it's still in his possession, I don't know, he steals a, a docket or something, something is really absolutely worthless, then since there is no real financial claim to it, it's pachot mishaveh pruta, it's not considered money, according to Rebelazar, we can derive that he doesn't have to return it. In other words, if you say the reason, the reason why he doesn't have to return the master behemoth is because it's not really considered his property, there's no financial claim to it. I guess it's yours. You take the base of Migdash, and when you eat it, it's yours to eat because you have the Shulchan Kavokazachu. But really, because you can't sell, it's not considered property. And Rabbi says, if someone steals it, I have to return it to you because of that. That must mean that what? That if he stole something as well, that's in a normal case, not Kojin, something that's Pruta. Then he also wouldn't have to return it because the person is not considered mammon of an individual because it's less than, anything less than shavar put is not considered mammon. Quite a chidush. So it's um, <coughs> so that which Rebel Ezer says that that deal you're making is only when it was less than a shavar put from the outset. If the sharp geneva, this was worth a shavar put, 
And then how, if, for example, it's spoiled and come less than a Shabravota, Omrim Losha, then you would have to give it back. In other words, I'll read you Reb Chaim again. He says, and even if it's pain, and granted he's not high to give him anything financial, rather object, in other words, since when you stole it, it was a what worth a shaver pruta? Therefore, at that moment, the chiyuv hashava already is chal on you. So even if the value declines, it doesn't matter. You'd still have to, according to Rebbe Leizer, he would agree you'd have to return it. Okay, even though now it's not worth a shaver puta, because the chiyuv hashava have hit the individual at the moment he stole it, and it was a shaver puta. Quite a quite a fascinating sugya um, in the laws of theft. Okay, let's continue. Bechor. Um, now we're talking the Bukhor. Now we have to appreciate Rabbi Udam and Barpazi's position here. He says when it comes to Bukhor, so we're focusing on the sort of left column, back on the first page, bottom chart. It says Rabbi Udam and Pazi Bishem Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi says Chai um, Lo Shachut, meaning when it comes to Bukhor, Bukhor can be sold. That's only if it's Chai while it's still alive. You can sell a Bukhor, but you can't sell it when it's Shachut. Why can't you sell it to Shul? Because again, Mishulchan Shkavua Kazach will love It's not considered his property. Okay. Now, with that in mind, we're going to go on a little journey, if you like, to, 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 to highlight a contradiction in the position of Rabbi Yudu and Pazi. So we have to digress slightly and learn the following mission in Kiddushin. The following mission in Kiddushin is as follows It says, Hamekadesh Bechelko. Um, it says, Tamatin Hamekadesh Bechelko. It should really say, So if someone gets his chalik on a korban, he tries to use that to use to affect kiddushin, which is not mekudesh, it doesn't work. Then after that, in the Mishnah, which you don't have printed in the Gemara, it's important to understand, and we mentioned this yesterday, there's a machlok about ma'asasheni. It says, Bein shogeg, bein mezid, lo kiddush. Ma'asasheni makes no difference, that's just a rebbe meyer. And Rehuda says, Beshogeg, lo kiddush, if he does ma'asid, it is mekudesh. There's no... There's no ta'ut uh, here. Uh, and if it's deliberately, it's considered his own mammon. So what's the machloket here between, um, between Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Huda? That's whether Master Shin is mammon gavoa. So even if he did it amazing, he could have remembered Rebbe Meir. It wouldn't work. It's not his money. Whereas Rebbe Huda, Master Shin is mammon hedyot. Therefore, if he did it deliberately, it would work. However, it's important to understand. Now, you don't have the text here. Rebbe Chaim fills it in from Masech the Kiddushin. It says, Rebbe Yezer says, when it comes to Mekadosh Bechelko, that's really divrei hakol. So the first statement of ben koche koche ben koche kalim ain't mekudeshet. I mean, it doesn't work. That's divrei hakol. Okay, presuming shulchan kavod kazachu. Okay. However, Rabbi Yochanan says no, that the machloket Rabbi Rabbi Meir Rabbi Yehuda is also regarding the reisha and makadosh bechelko. So therefore, our chart looks like this. And the question is, meaning Rabbi Meir says whether Spain Rishogik be amazed if Makadash Bechelko ain't a Mekodeshet. And Rabbi Yudah says if it was Bishog ain't a Mekodeshet. However, be amazed it would be Mekodeshet, but Mekadash Bechelko. Now, why is that? So now the Gemara will continue explaining the debate the way Rabbi, according to Rabbi Yochanan's understanding, the Rabbi Meir and Yehuda are even in the case of Mekadash Bechelko, like I've sort of highlighted over here, okay, in the, uh, the third page bottom chart, okay. So, how is that so? So, I'm Rabbi Yehuda ben Pazi. So, again, this is important. This is Rabbi Yehuda ben Pazi is explaining this. Rabbi Yehuda, Yalef Kola Kochi Rabbi Yehuda understands 
I learned the Ola Kodshim from Bechor. Ma Bechor Mekadshim, just as Bechor, I can perform Kiddushim with Bechor like we learned in our Mishnah. Av Kola Kodshim Mekadshim Bahemet Haisha. You can do, you can, uh, Mekadshim, you can, you can do Kiddushim with it. Harabi Meir, his other opinion, says, Yalif Kola Kodshim Bimaisa. He learns from another case on our Mishnah. Just as Masa Behima, Ma Masa Behima in Mekadshim Bahemet Haisha, just like we said by Maisa Bahima, it's not your property, you cannot use it to affect Yidushin, so to all. So in other words, what we see here in this debate is a machloket here between, uh, Rabbi Yochanan understands that Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda also a cholek in Makadish Bechelko, is whether all korbanot are like Maisa Bahima or like Bechor. Now, what I'm going to show you on the final page is the two things that Rabbi Huda Ben Pazi said. And this is so we can appreciate the machloket. So the Gemara says, Machlaf shi the Rabbi Yehuda ben Pazi, Taman huamar ben chai ben shachot, vahacha omer chai velo shachot. So to explain as follows. When we explained our Mishnah, we said the Rabbi Yehuda understands that when it comes to Ubechor, this is what, how I started this sugya. <coughs> you said this name, Rabbi Shubin Levi, that a, again, I'm highlighting just this, this particular case over here, the case of Tamim shachot by Bechor. He says that while normally you can sell a Bechor under all circumstances, if it's Shachut, you can't. Why can't you? Because However, we've just said that Rabbi Yodemem Pazi explains, now let's go to the case by Makarish Bechelko. That what? That Rabbi Yehuda says, if you Makarish Bechelko, presumably the animal's already shechted, no. We learn from Bech- that, that, you could, that it's Mikudesha because you learn it from Bechor. Mashma what? Mekadesh bechelko bebechor, but the, if you're mekadesh bebechor, the shachut, it would be mekodesha. So if you have a look here, basically I've highlighted what the contradiction is. According to the, his explanation of our Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda um, Ben Pazi says in, in the name of Rabbi Yishuv and Levi, that basically in a nutshell, if you try, try to do Kiddushin with a bechor tamim that was shechted, it wouldn't work. According to explanation of the debate of Rabbi Meri Behuda in Makadesh Bechelko, he understands if someone's Makadesh Bechor, the Tshachut, it would be Mekodeshet. Because Rabbi Yehuda learns from that that Makadesh Bechelko is Mekodeshet. So that's Astira. Okay, is that clear? It's basically on the screen in front of you, the top of this fourth page. Right here, it's, in a nutshell, it's red. Here it is green. That's the contradiction. Okay, so we say, no. What's the difference? It's not a contradiction at all. Taman there, meaning it was Beshem Garmi. There in Master Shane, he was explaining it. Lafishitato, his understanding. Still this sore throat going on. Okay. However, Bahacha, when we're explaining our Mishnah, he wasn't saying Beshmo. He was saying it Beshem Rebushua ben Levi. Simple. In other words, it's not a steal within Shit Rebbe Yehuda ben Pazi. Because when Rabbi Yehuda in Pazi was explaining our Mishnah, he was doing B'Shem Rabbi Shum and Levi, with which he doesn't agree. And, when, and therefore, therefore, when explaining Master Shane, that was his own shita. That's answer number one. We could say, Afilu Tema, no, Kan Vakan B'Shem Garmi. You can say that really, both, there's no, that really, both, the, both his explanation of our Mishnah and the Mishnah in, Master, in, in Kiddushin, sorry, is really his own shita. And there's no contradiction. Why? Because What does this mean? So in normally we say However, what are we talking about in 
in Makadish Bechelko, I'll explain this outside, Ruchai goes into detail, we're talking about Bechelko, which is still Chai. The animal's still alive. And what he's doing is, he's trying to take a Bechor that's alive, and he's trying to say, Arei Mekodesh Okay? According to Rabbi Meir, what possible Hana'a is there, there and then? You can't do any of this with Bechor other than offer as a Korban. That's how Rabbi Huda Pazi explains Machloket. So therefore, he treats it like Masa Behema, so you can aim However, Rabbi Yehuda understands that no, he's Mekadesh Bura'uili Polo Lachar Shchita. Meaning the fact that he will have a chelek in this Bechor after Shchita, that's what he's Mekadesh with, Mekadesh the woman with, while the animal's still alive. Okay? And therefore, there's no contradiction. So I'll just explain it once again. So in other words, Rabbi Yudam Pazi says that, look, like the Pasha Mishnah, he says, Bechor Chayiz Nim Karim. You can sell a Bechor while it's still alive. Okay? And therefore, you can Kiddushin with it. And the, when it says Mekadesh Bechelkor, it's not talking about when the Korban's already been shechted, is an explanation of Rabbi Meir Rabbi Huda. It's talking about when the animal's still alive. What does it mean Mekadesh Bechelkor? Meaning I'm giving you this animal, a Mekadesh Bechelkor, the Chelek, that I'm going to be Ra'uli Paul after this animal's dead. Okay? And we said there's no problem, I'll still have to do Kiddushin with. So what's a Machlok bin Rabbi Meir Rabbi Huda? Machlok bin Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda is, that, is, that, is that something of value to do Kiddushin with? Could Rabbi Meir well, the animal's still alive, and while it's alive, you can't do anything. You get no hana from it. Whereas Rabbi Huda, no, the fact that he has rights, if you like, for the the chelik that's going to be ra'uli polo after shechita, well, that's already enough considered substantial that he can use that for kesef, if like kesef kiddushin or shavi kiddushin. Okay, um, fine. Is it worth reading inside? No, I think I've explained it well enough outside. Uh, but uh, just uh, an extra point. Um, he says, This is this old machlok, they would only be with Koche Kalim, where there's a chelik that's roily polo. However, when it comes to Koche Kochim, since Koche Kochim, the only chelik, it's always going to be for Zichre Kona, the males. She has no, there's no value to her whatsoever. So therefore, even if we're going to start a Makadish Ber Hachelik or Uli Polo, it has no value to her whatsoever. So we're Koche Kodshim, everyone will agree in Makadshin Okay, that's only an extra little point I wanted to add at the end that Reb Chaim brings at the end after the explanation. Okay, let's continue. Um, fine. Now, according to our understanding, just to go back, now we're going to go back and see that we sort of, the first understanding is that actually maybe Rabbi Yudam and Pazi personally debates with Rabbi Shub and Levi. Okay? Whether, again, a Bechor Tamim that was Shachut, Shechted, when you can use Afikidushin or not. Okay? So according to hey, Rabbi Yudam and Pazi, quote Rabbi Shub and Levi that says it's not, but he was Cholik on it that says actually you can. So I've just sim- sim- simplified this in this uh, little chart down the bottom, on the bottom page four. So therefore it says, so now we're trying to say, okay, if that is a debate, my time, what's the debate? So my time at the Rabbi Shuban Levi that says Einim Karim, because it's Basarami Yulacha Kichazeat Nufa. Now, Chazeat Nufa is like that's taken from the Korban Torah and is waived. Okay? So, in other words, the Basar will be for you like the Chazeat Nufa. This is referring to the Kornim, this will be given to you like the Chazeat Nufa. Ah, just like Chazeat Nufa, read Ruchaim. He says, just like the Chazeat Nufa, Ma Chazeat Nufa, Einim Kajimbo, the Pshita Magovoahu. When it comes to Chazeat Nufa that's given to the Kornim, as a gift from the korban, from the korbanot, that is, uh, it's obviously it's mavon gavoh, and you can't use it for kesek kedushin. So too, he understands that bechor after the shechted, it also cannot be. In other words, he, because of the 
the, um, the Torah connects the Basar Bechor to Chazayat Nufa. Okay. However, what about Reuben and Pazi? Why does he say you, it is considered the property of the coin? He can use the, the, the Basar from the Bechor Tamim that's been shechted to a Kiddushim, because it says, it says, Yelacha. It should be for you. So the ribu of Yelacha means even after Shechita, not only before Shechita is considered your property, but even after Shechita. So therefore, Riba. Uh, so Riba lo havi acheret. Uh, so, so I missed a bit. So, so umama kayem. I skipped the line. Umama kayem. Rabbi Shua ben Levi yelacha. So, what does Rabbi Shua ben Levi do with the pasuk yelacha? There seems to be some sort of ribui. Says so that's to teach you ribalo haviacheret shenecha l'shnei amim belaylechad. In other words, we needed that because the Torah connected the basar b'chor to chazat nufa, and normally that comes from a toda korban toda that is only in a day and a night. We need an extra ribui to teach you that the basar of Bukhor could be eaten for a longer period of time, the day, night, and then the also following day. That's what he says. That the, so that's what the ribui of Yulachai is meant to do. Okay. No more charts at the moment uh, for the day, I should say. Let's now learn the next case. Now back to the laws of Masashini after our, uh, uh, our beautiful tour of Sugis um, Kodshim. Let's continue. So, So if we saw, we saw in the Mishnah that you cannot, Machalel Masasheni, meaning redeem Masasheni, onto a token. We said that's a coin that doesn't have a particular form on it. So here we see actually a babe. Now, Nita, we see the Lokarebidosa. The Mishnah is like, not Agabiosa, why the Tani, as we learned elsewhere in the Tosefta, that Machalel Masasheni ala Simon de Rebidosa. The Rebidosa says you can Machalel on a token. Okay. Ma time of the Rebidosa. What's the reason Rebidosa? Because it's Vatrata Kesef. Tzarat kesef is litzror, meaning something that could be sort of bound up and collected together. <coughs> or, pardon me, the, um, or, or the grass says, lashon mit gal gel. So he understands it includes also tokens as well. It's very important, by the way, to appreciate, the Reb Chaim points out, that it doesn't mean any sort of asimon, any token. It has to be something that, that is, um, that it still has some sort of hotza'ah, has some sort of financial uh, value or pull in the terms of to, 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 to draw some value as a result. Because if we're talking about something that has zero value whatsoever, meaning in a, in, a, in a current, in a sort of a fluid type of transactional way, then we would agree it wouldn't work, as we'll see soon. So then Gemara continues, let's insert the words, my time at the Rabbana. What's the shit of Rabbana? It says, it says, um, this is, she, it says, Sarata Kesef, Shiyesh Lot Tzura, Vyotze Al Gabi Tzurato, meaning it's something that has a form imprinted on it, and that form has a power of having a transactional value. Okay? That's understanding. That's why it says tokens don't work. Rabbi Yossi B'Shem Rabbi Yochanan says, When you have to understand Rabbi Yossi, not just, not just tokens, meaning even a, a weight, a particular weight of silver as well, would also be able to, you'd be able to transfer Kush Masashini onto it. In other words, not just the fact that it's a token, but anything that has some sort of could have some sort of transactional power of sort, uh, it, like Kesef, if you like, even though it's not Kesef, he would agree. Now, the fact that he says literal Kesef, that is, the Gemara is now medaic on that. Ilomar litra on its own. I would think you could even use a weight of gold as well to put him but that's not the case. Because only literal Kesef 
Dafka that can, because that has some sort of transactional power, whereas a sum of gold is not, you can sell gold for sure, but it's not used normally in a sort of transactional way. However, uh, and had he only said kesef, silver, and not litros shel kesef, I would have thought, I would have also thought that are broken into pieces of silver I could also use, and that's not the case. I read Reb Chaim, in other words, tamchulim shel kesef, it's not the case. They don't have a known weight. And therefore, you wouldn't be able to use it in a transactional way. Because some will say, well, I don't know how much that's worth. Uh, you know, you, if you, you want to give me some broken silver, but I can't use it in a transactional fashion. And they said like a, a jeweler or something like that. Okay, that's why Hava, that's why he said literal keser. Now, the Gemara says, Al Asimon. This Kamo Amamar, right? Al Asimon. What's the case of that? Now, what it means is that Rebbe, even in Rebbe Dossa says you can use some sort of token, you cannot use the tokens that are normally given to bathhouse operators. Now, why is that? That is because usually it's say, Reb Chaim, I read Reb Chaim, and then importantly, Rosh Surilio. He says, the difference with the bathhouse operators is um, because... Here, they usually give them bad coins and, and attribute more value to it than it was really worth. That's our idea. You cannot use that because that's not its true effective value. Despite the fact it is used as tokens. Now, why would they do that? What's interesting here, I'll read you, uh, I'll read you uh, Rosh Cerulea, it says, so again, Olair is a bala, and the bathhouse operator. The He would accept bad coins. That it was, and they're literally tokens. I'll explain why in a minute. Meaning the payments just nachat ruach. Why? Because it sounds like he had a the, the bathhouse operator. He had a fixed wage. He was he was he was paid a particular income, and it sounds like this uh, the the tokens they gave is just for um, I don't know, uh, an administrative purpose or just like a nachat ruach to give him something. But really, he, his actual financial income wasn't coming from the people coming and paying to come in. It was really he was uh, he was being financed he was being paid his daily wage if you like was being paid by the owner okay so therefore since it's since its value is not it's people attribute much more value to it than it's real and it, like it's bad coins even Rabbi Yossi said you cannot use that for Master Shani so how did the team a keder shem yafin etzala olayer haval a keder shu yafin etzal tul musar mechalel so Rabbi Chaim understands that people again they used to give these tokens or coins of some sort to these uh, people to sell tulmus in. Then, and that would be actual attribute, the, the value that they would extract from the coin was equal to the, its real value. So, therefore, you can mechalel. Okay. What about What about a coin who is not considered parcel? Okay. So, it's not literally fluid currency anymore. However, the malch would still accept it, presumably to an exchange of some sort. Okay. So, Rabbi says it's like an asimon, so it would work. Because, why is it like an Asimon? Because, in, in other words, Rebbe Yudrubdosis will work, because since you you would be able to some sort of grab some value. Since it has some context of transactional value, that's why it's like an Asimon. So it's part of the Machloket. However, Rebbe Yonatan says, here we change the, uh, the, the letter, the bet to a Ke. Kemabeashalachim Yishonim means, Ari Reb Chaim, he says, It's like a 
a coin of antiquity, right? It's, it, has, it has no um, transactional power whatsoever, and therefore it's not even considered a coin. It's worse than an asimon. So Neymar, im he gave Tzurato Mechalel, the Imlav Eno Mechalel. So how do I differentiate? It's whether it's, it goes by Tzura. Now, I have to read Rechaim, so we don't make a mistake here. It says, Imaya Yotze Mishum Tzura Shebo, Mechalel If, in other words, if the Tzura is still recognizable, then Rabbi Yodosel would say, you can Mechalel. Even though it's any Yotzel Betocha, even though it's, it's gonna, you're going to find a hard time for someone who's, who's, to find someone who's going to accept it. Vim Lav, in Yotzel Mechalel, Tzura Ela Shamach Mechalel, if the Tzura is really uh, it's, it has no power anymore, but you know the treasury will just simply take it from you. Ain mechalel, why? It's not because Rebbe Dosa says it needs it, Surah, because we know he doesn't hold that, and Asimon is sufficient. Once a coin is is actually is complete puzzle and it has no transactional force whatsoever. Elisham, but other than the fact that if you take to the bank or the treasury will take an exchange, that's what considered something has transactional worth. So it's worse than an asimon, a token that has some sort of transactional worth, and therefore you can't mechalel. Even Rabbi Dossi would agree, you cannot mechalel masash any money on such a coin. Okay? So that's the share today. Carl, thank you very much.